I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. Before I get into the teaching, I would like to go ahead and review. We talked about the fact that there's two kinds of watchmen. There are prophetic intercessors, and they have answered the call to prayer, and they have made prayer their ministry. We talked about the fact that a watchman is also a New Testament prophet. According to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 18, they stand in the office of the prophet, and as they pray and as they intercede, their gift in that prophetic office kicks in. We talked about the watchman's assignment. What is the watchman's assignment? It is a person hired to guard, especially at night. We said that the Hebrew word is shamar, and it means to hedge about as with thorns, um, to protect, attend to, look narrowly, to preserve, and to protect. Uh, We found out that there's another word for watchman, and it means to lean forward, to peer into the distance, to observe, await, behold, look up, wait for, keep the watch, watchmen. And these watchmen, their job is they are hired to guard a group against surprise. Now in the spirit realm, what would that be? It would be John 10.10. They are hired to guard a group against the surprise attack of the enemy. The thief comes but for to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus said, of course, that he's came to give us life and life more abundantly. Now, what is the assignment of the watchman? The assignment of the watchman or the intercessor, as we continue to develop in our prayer ministry, is to be alert or to be watchful spiritually. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That word vigilant is key when it comes to prayer and watching because that word vigilant means wake, watchful, and never to be off your guard. Um, 1 Peter 4, 7 says that the end of all things is, is at hand. Be sober and watch unto prayer. Ephesians 6, 18, after the apostle Paul spoke about the armor of God, he said, and praying always, with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, with thanksgiving and watching. So he included prayer with watching. It means to be alert spiritually, never to be off your guard. As a watchman in prayer, you have the ability to see trouble coming from afar. And because of our prayers, we can stop those things from happening. So let's continue to move on. Where do these watchmen reside? Watchmen reside, they can reside on the walls of a nation. They can reside on the walls, the spiritual walls, so to speak, of a city. They can reside on the walls, so to speak, in a neighborhood. If you're a mother or a father, you are the watchman in your own house. 
In my book, Marked for Intercession, the very last um, chapter, I talk about is there a watchman in the house? And it specifically speaks of being an intercessor in your own home and the power of a praying parent. That as parents, we are called to watch over our kids and pray for them. I know as mothers, and many of you can relate to this, you know, we give birth to our children in the natural, but we're also called to give birth to our children's destiny. Just because we gave birth to them in the natural doesn't mean we just, you know, just it ends right there. Yes, it's important that we take them to dance class, to school, to get them prepared in life. But what about doing the work for them in the, in the secret place in prayer? Prayer opens up the door for God to work. And when we stand in the gap on the behalf of our children, we intercede as watchmen over our families. We can guard them, protect them, and we can give birth to them and their destinies. The watchman, through prayer, establishes the vision or the dream of God. Now we're going to go ahead and look at Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2. I hope you have your Bibles because it's a good thing to look at these scriptures. It's a good thing for you to study to show yourselves approved unto God, workmen that need not to be ashamed, looking into the scriptures to make sure that what I'm teaching you is in the Bible. What I like about our ministry is that we love the move of the Spirit, but we also uh, love the fact that the foundation of our ministry is in the Word of God. It's important that we stick with the Scriptures. The watchman, through prayer, establishes the vision or the dream of God. Let's look here at Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. Um, Habakkuk said, I will stand on my watch and set myself on the rampart. I want you to notice he made a decision. He was going to set himself and he was going to watch. As watchmen, there are days you're going to wake up and you're not going to feel like praying. You're not going to feel like protecting. You're not going to feel like doing what God has called you to do. It is an act of our will. We set ourselves to seek the Lord. We set ourselves to pray. And here we see Habakkuk saying, I will sit, stand on my watch and I will set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on the tablets that he may run who reads it for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie though it tarries wait for it because it will surely come it will not tarry so as intercessors and as watchmen very often you're going to see things on the inside of you or in your spirit before you ever see them manifest in the natural realm that's why it's important to not to be moved by what you see not be moved by circumstances you have to live out of your spirit and only be moved by what you see with the eyes of your spirit. Um, that's why it's important, I believe, sometimes to write things down. You know, we all have a vision for our churches. We all have a vision for what, you know, where, where we want our children to end up. We, we have a vision specifically for our nation, you know, but we've got to, to, to not be moved by what we see in the natural and not let circumstances blind us from continuing in prayer and watching. Jesus said in Luke 18, 1, he said, men ought to always pray 
and not faint. Don't faint if you don't see visible results. Don't stop praying those circumstances get worse. As a matter of fact, I know I've said this before. I'll say it again because it's coming up out of my spirit. Oftentimes, things get a whole lot worse before they get a whole lot better. When you've stood in the gap for somebody and prayed for somebody, it's, you know, it's, it's almost like I would say it like this, all hell breaks loose. And I've seen that happen many times. But why is that? It's because the enemy knows he's got to leave. The enemy knows he's got to give up his stronghold. Or that person comes under conviction and they don't want to give up the things that they may be doing that's wrong. But as you pray for them, they get a whole lot more uncomfortable. So keep praying. Keep the vision in your heart of what God has said to you. So that's what, that's what Habakkuk said. He said, God said to him, though the vision tarry, wait for it because what I've spoken, I'm going to make good. The things that I've put in your heart are going to surely come to pass. Now, let's look here at Habakkuk chapter 3. Now, here's Habakkuk's prayer, a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet. He said, oh, Lord, I've heard your speech and I was afraid. Oh, Lord, he said, revive your work in the midst of the years, in the midst of the years, make it known in wrath Remember mercy. What I love about Habakkuk's prayer is he's reminding God of his character. He's reminding God of who he is. All this turmoil can be going on in your family or in your neighborhood, in your nation, in your city. But God is a God of grace and mercy. And so Habakkuk reminds him, in wrath, remember mercy. And here we see in verse 3 that God responds to the prayer of Habakkuk, just like he responds to our prayers. We are under better covenant based upon better promises, and God hears the prayers of the righteous. The Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And here we see God responding to Habakkuk's uh, prayer, and the Bible says, And God came, and he manifested the Holy One from Mount Paran, and his glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. God hears you when you pray. What happens many, oftentimes is we, we don't always see the complete manifestation of our prayers is because there's war over the destiny of your children. There's war over the destiny of our nations. There's war, and the enemy's trying to keep that manifestation from coming. That's why the Bible says, having done all to stand, you stand therefore. Keep standing, stay in faith, keep believing. Don't, don't get off your post. Don't move away from your place in the spirit. Again, though the vision tarry, wait for it. It's going to happen. It's going to come to pass. But you've got to be patient and you've got to stand on your post. Don't give up. Don't faint. Now, let's go on. Verse 5. Uh, verse 4. His brightness was like the light. He had rays flashing from his hands. And there his power was hidden. So when Habakkuk prayed... God came and God answered his prayer. He prayed for God's manifested presence. And I believe what is important for all of us to remember in the times and the season that we live in today is that God has a plan for this generation. And it's very important that we stay on our post, stay on the wall, so to speak. Continue to do what God has called us to do in prayer. And though the vision tarries, 
We've got to wait for it. Though the vision tarries, we've got to keep on praying. We've said it before, I'll say it again. The prayer of intercession is a different kind of praying. And you'll just have to go back into all of our other videos to get more details on that. It's the kind of praying that stands in the gap and continues to, to pray in the spirit, pray the word until at times there's a release. So God has a vision for this generation and we are gonna continue to pray till it is established. Now remember Isaiah 62, six and seven said, I have set watchmen upon your walls. In, in that case of that scripture, it was, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace. You that make mention of the Lord, keep not silent till he what? Till he establishes, and in this case it was Jerusalem, and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Let's talk about that scripture and use it for your nation. Let's use that scripture for whatever it is God has put within your heart. Now we're going to look at somebody by the name of Anna. Anna was a prophetess. She stood in the office of a prophet. She prophesied that the Redeemer was coming, but she didn't stop there. She took other steps to see to it that that prophecy was fulfilled. Now let me just say right here, for those of you that have had prophecies spoken over your life, you have to birth those prophecies in. Just because somebody has prophesied over you means that you just sit back and you hang out and you do nothing. No, you've got to stand and you've got to pray, you've got to believe, and at times there's war over your destiny, so you've got to, to at times do warfare over the very words that God has spoken over your life because the devil does not want it to come to pass. Anyway, so here we see Anna. She was a prophetess, Luke 2, 36 through 38 the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asar, and she was a great age, and she lived with a husband seven years from her virginity, and this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple. Listen to this. I'll slow down if you want me to. She did not depart from the temple. And she wasn't in the temple just hearing somebody teach the scriptures. She had another purpose for her life. Are you listening? She did not depart from the temple. She made a decision that she was going to make prayer her ministry. She departed not from the temple, but she served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who look for the redemption in Jerusalem. Basically what happened is she prophesied that the Redeemer Jesus was coming. And then instead of just sitting back going, I gave that word of prophecy, she went into the temple. Now you're the house of prayer, so you can pray wherever you are. And she prayed through that prophecy and she did not stop praying until she saw that the Messiah had come. And that's how we need to be as intercessors. We need to continue to pray till we see the vision manifested. Now I'm gonna tell you straight up what's been going on in our meetings. We have been believing God, and we're gonna talk about this. We have been believing God for the power gifts to be in manifestation. Some of us have been believing God for literally years for the power gifts to be in manifestation. And we'll talk about what they are. And lately, we, we have been seeing um, the manifested presence, feeling, seeing, however you want to say it, whatever it is, since May 
30th, 2015, we have, we have seen, felt, and even heard the manifested presence of God coming into our meetings. And with this presence, we had a, a service recently where the power of God fell, and it was actually a corporate united prayer meeting. And we had a word of knowledge, and somebody right in that meeting was instantaneously healed of a condition they had in their throat. Nobody prayed for them. Nobody laid hands on them. Nobody, you know, God just said there's somebody here that's getting healed of this particular condition. Well, that's a vision I know I and many other leaders have had in their hearts for 30 years that the power gifts would be in manifestation. Acts 10, that God, you would manifest your presence. While Peter yet spake the words, the scripture said, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word, that the power gifts would be in manifestation so that Jesus Christ could be glorified. We have been standing in the gap and believing God and, and, and coveting earnestly that those gifts be in manifestation for 30 years. Not only that, concerning the East Coast, and any vision you have in your heart, I'm just sharing this with you for you to relate. Concerning the East Coast in 1981, when God sent me to the East Coast, he wrote a scripture and a vision in my heart. And I wasn't from here, never lived here before, but he wrote a vision in my heart. And he said, Margie, he said, I'm sending you to the East Coast to pioneer a prayer movement. And he said, in the land, and I began in New Jersey, he said, this land that is desolate, is going to become like the Garden of Eden. And I didn't know that New Jersey was called the Garden State, that there was a Garden State Parkway. But he said the way it's going to happen and the way this vision is going to come to pass is I am going to call upon my people to pray, to intercede, and as they do, I'm going to be able to have my way. So that's a vision we've had in our heart for 35, 30, 35 years. And I believe what's happening right now, I believe what's happening is, is that it is beginning to rain. The Holy Ghost said to us in our last KIU event, he said, it's beginning to rain. And he opened up my eyes and I just saw a drop over here and a drop over there. And they were just drops. And I said to my team, I said, if this is a drop, my goodness, what's going to happen when the monsoon comes? Because the power of God and the presence of God has, has been permeating our corporate services. It's just been an incredible manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So I don't know, I'm just very excited about what God is doing, but I believe that the people that have labored in prayer and have been laboring fervently in prayer, I believe they're the ones that have birthed this move of God that is beginning to rise. So let's look here at Habakkuk chapter one, just to give you, put to paint vision, a, a vision in your heart. It says here, look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded. God said, and God said it, not man. I will work a work in your days which you would not believe though it be told you. God said, I'm going to work a work in the earth in your day. I receive this promise, don't you? This is a promise for us, and it is yea and amen. I am going to work a work in your days that if it were told you, it would be like a dream. I mean, I tell you, we could use a little bit of that, right? That's why the Bible says we can't look at the outward appearance and look at what's going on on TV and look at all this sin that's rampant 
you know, in the earth. We, you look at the fact that in, in some regards, we're, we're worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. And God came down to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But guess what? He found a man who would stand in the gap and put up the hedge and stand before him. And his name was, was Abraham. Okay? And because of Abraham's prayers, God didn't destroy the city till the righteous got out. How much more you and I under the New Testament, under the better covenant based upon better promises, can we see God manifest his glory as we stand in the gap and we pray and we watch? It's something like I say to God all the time. I say, God, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? It's God's will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. It's God's will that he pour out of his spirit. But he's got to get his people in prayer, in positions of prayer, to begin to covet his presence and earnestly desire that he manifests, or he's not going to do it. He's not going to go anywhere where he's not welcome. Well, I got good news for you, and I know you feel the same way, or you wouldn't be watching this teaching today. I believe that we are going to see what we have desired in our hearts. We are going to see the manifestation of God's presence because we are not going to give up. We are not going to lose hope. The things of the Spirit should be more real to us than the things of the natural. And I believe that the more you spend time with God, the more they really do become more real to you than the things of the natural. Because you can get things accomplished in the spirit first, and it's more real to you than what you see on the outside. I already see revival coming to the East Coast. I already see the monsoon coming. I saw the rain coming, but I've already seen the monsoon. I've already seen, you know, the power gifts falling and manifesting in our services. I've already seen it. Well, well, well what do you do? I just put my, get myself into a position to expect. We just have to expect miracles. Catherine Coleman, she expected the power of God to flow in her meetings. And woe was her and all the people that used to come to her meetings if the power of God didn't manifest. But the Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman. The Holy Spirit loves us. The Holy Spirit desires to manifest. And when people are eager for him and have expectation and hope, and there's an air of, of worship and praise unto God. That is a beautiful atmosphere where the Holy Spirit feels comfortable, and he begins to manifest himself. So I've already seen it. We're, we're going to see more and more. I don't believe it's just going to be a drop over here and a drop over there. I believe it's going to rain the presence of God. So he said here, I'm going to work a work in your day that if it were told you, it'd be like a dream. I think we could use some, a little bit of God, Holy Ghost dreaming, don't you? I'm not one of those prophets of doom. I don't believe the United States of America or your nation where you live is going under. I believe God is going to work a work in your nation that if it were told you, it would be like a dream. You think about the early church. In one day, thousands of souls were added to the Lord, added to the church. In revival, that's what happens. It begins to sweep, and the Holy Spirit begins to convict and convince people of their need for Jesus, and they come under conviction. In early revivals, people would be sitting in bars, and the Holy Spirit would come in, and they'd be convicted of their sin, and they'd give their life over to Jesus. We can't do that. That kind of manifestation isn't from man. The Bible says it's not by might, it's nor by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord, but I desire to do it. 
I desire to work a work in your day if it were told you, but I just need my intercessors to keep praying, not to lose hope. Don't faint if you don't see visible results. Don't give in and yield to the warfare. I don't know about you, but there's times there is so much warfare that comes against my mind. The enemy, he would try to have me, that he may sift me as wheat. And he'll be like, you can't do this, you can't do that, and God's not going to do this, and God's not going to do that. It's just the craziest thing. Because i got to tell you, God is not going to give a, you a vision in your heart for you to be tormented. God is not a man that he should lie neither the son of man that he should repent. What he's spoken and he has said in his word, he's going to make good. You know, the Bible says that the glory of this latter house will be greater than the former. The birth of the church age, that came in like a rushing mighty wind. The Holy Ghost fell, right? You know that we're still in the church age, the age of the church. Are you listening? And there's no amen on the book of Acts. And the Bible says that the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. So I believe we're living in, great, in a great and, and, and mighty time. I believe that we're living in a time where sin is abounding. But grace is so much more going to abound in these last days. God has not left us. He has not forsaken us. There is hope for our future. And there is hope for your nation. He is calling upon you to stand in the gap. He is calling on you to pray for your nation. He is calling upon you to pray for your own children. I mean, it's fine if you don't know how to pray, and so you call on people to pray with you, or you get in agreement with people. But let me tell you something. In the realm of the Spirit, you, I mean, obviously the whole body of Christ, we have equal authority in Christ. But in the realm of the Spirit, nobody loves your kids like you love your kids. Nobody's going to stand and watch and pray for your kids like you're going to stand and watch for your prayer. Nobody's going to stay up all night like you're going to stay up all night and pray for your kids. Are you listening? So I just want to encourage you just to keep praying and keep have, and have, maintain that vision that God is going to work a work in our days that if it were told us, it would be like a dream. And I don't know about you, but I'm very excited. Again, I'm going to say this again. That's why it's very important that you live out of your spirit. Are you listening? I like what I heard Brian Houston say recently at a Hillsong uh, uh, church service. He said, live from the inside out. You've got to understand that you're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Live by the reality of what you see in your spirit, and you won't be distracted. So, it says here, we're going to look at another scripture out of Habakkuk. Are you enjoying the book of Habakkuk? It says here in, in, in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14, it says that the whole earth will be filled. This is a vision now, we're talking about vision. The whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Do you believe that the whole earth could be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea? I totally and completely, 100% believe that in the last days, God is going to pour out of his spirit that our sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Our children are going to come from afar. Those wayward kids are going to come back home to mama's house. I truly believe that God's spirit is going to be poured out and that the whole earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord 
as the waters cover the sea, and no one will ever get me to stop believing that. Well, how are you, why are you so convinced? Because I believe the Bible. I believe the word of God, it's the sure foundation, but I also believe what he, the, the vision he's implanted in so many of your hearts is going to come to pass because God is not a man that he would lie. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.